Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies and huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer at the 630 Chad Studios, the city's sell side in the chorus building. Oilers had an off day yesterday. Went to the uh, Oil Kings game. And uh, they're pretty good. Winnipeg must be real good. Winnipeg's 21-1. and one. Now, I think last year the Edmonton Oil Kings went 22-1. and one. The only team to beat Winnipeg this year in regulation are the Edmonton Oil Kings, and they did that before they had Jake Neighbors, their captain back. Oh, and before they had another defenseman. We'll talk to Jake coming up at 135. Alan Watt, the uh, interim COO of the Edmonton Elks at 105 today. So I know we've got a couple texts coming our way on that front and a ton of texts on whether or not the orders are for real. We'll tell you that uh, guests on this show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. 9990 Jasper Avenue. It's where John Shannon comes to town. Uh, when he comes to town, that's where he goes. He is our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. He's going to hop aboard ISDN2. We welcome back to the show, John Shannon. Hi, John. How are you? I'm great, Bob. How are you? You must be relieved, though, today. Well, after Saturday against Auburn? Now, truth be told, so I have a nice little viewing area in my house to watch multiple sports. But I'll tell you what, if I had only had one TV, I wasn't changing from the Alabama-Auburn football game. Well, uh, it was unbelievable. Cam Moon may have spent part of the first period calling that game alone. That's all I'm going to say. I we had the uh, <laughs> don't, t- don't say that out loud. Oh, They'll no, duck I'm, your pay. I'm They'll ha- duck your pay. I'm having some fun with you. Uh, it was pretty amazing. And for the listeners that are unaware, Alabama went into that game uh, ranked number three in the country, but they they're they're eleven to ten and one in the season. It's a traditional matchup. Uh, Bo Jackson played at Auburn and. Alabama's got a great program. As everybody knows, they've won six of the last 12 national championships. They got stopped on a fourth and two with about two and a half minutes late uh, left in the game and somehow got the ball back without timeouts with about a minute and 30 left in the game on their own two and marched at 90 or on their own three and marched at 97 yards for a touchdown. And then they won in the two-point shootout. In, uh, in the uh, shootout in overtime. So it was a thrilling victory. I know there's CFL fans out there. I know there's NFL fans out there. But that was cr- that was tremendous theater, was it not, John? 
Oh, it was spectacular. It, it was spectacular. It was almost as good as the uh, Stampeder Ryder game yesterday. Which I did not watch because I was at the Oil Kings game. All right. Yeah, uh, well, it was That was a good game, too. Good game, too. Let's, let's get to it. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, 15-5, and five, the second-best winning percentage in the National Hockey League. We're now past U.S. Thanksgiving. There's been a lot of years, John, where the Oilers have been 6-12-2 at this time through 20 games. They're 15-5. and five. Are they for real? Are they a legit contender, in your opinion? It's, it's funny. I, uh, I, I certainly think they're, they're legit uh, now. Uh, and really, in, in many ways, uh, probably because of their play in the last 10 games than in the first 10 games. And, and here's why. Um, you, you know the, the the team got off to such a great start, uh, and as quickly as it can happen, it can swoon and go away. For them to go, uh, Kenny Holland does their whole schedule based on on ten game increments, and so at nine and one after the first ten game increment, uh, he he knew that it was going to be more difficult the second time around, and he said, "If we are legit, if we go six and four, well, they went six and four. Uh, and I think that that was a real indication of how deep this team is, how resilient this team is, uh, and uh, and the invention of a of a couple of guys along the way, like Skinner, like Broberg. I mean, I could not imagine I could not imagine having Broberg on the ice in the last minute and a half in Vegas, and that's exactly what. Uh, uh, what Dave had him on the ice for. So th- there are some real positives with this hockey club. Yeah, part of it, uh, and I know we're, there's a panel coming up later today with Jack and myself and Tony Brar that'll be on EdmontonLetters.com. We talked a lot about um, the internal solutions that have arisen here. I, I mean, if I had told the, the fans, you know what? I mean, just just imagine this, John, if you could. Uh, three games in the season, the Oilers get off to a good start. They're 3-0, and and I said, well, they're going to be 15-5 and at the 20-game mark. And Miko Koskin, or sorry, Mike Smith isn't going to play any of the next 17 games. People yeah. would have said, oh, and by the way, Darnell Nurse is going to get hurt, and so is Duncan Keith. People would have said, no way, right? No way. Think they would have said, it. no way. No way. Yep. So they've got, uh, by my count, 12 games before Christmas. Two, six, eight, no, 11 games before Christmas. And they got a tough home. So they get Pittsburgh on Wednesday night, then they go to Seattle. On the next homestand, they get L.A., not bad. Minnesota, really good team in the Central. Boston, always competitive. Carolina, the best record in the NHL. Toronto, the best record in the NHL over the last 16 games, and then Columbus. It's not going to be an easy stretch. But what what has surprised you? Has the organic solution surprised you the most? Give me your thoughts. Uh, Here, no, you know what? At the top of my list, Evan Bouchard. Evan Bouchard is at the top of my list. Okay, Uh, and and simply because uh, he he's doing everything that I think people expected and more. I mean, look at that pass on Saturday night. Yeah, to set up one of the goals. Uh, that's not an easy pass to make. You know, he's been, he's been, you know, we always talked about how good a shot he had. He has a heavy shot. It really goes through. It makes a difference. And, you know, goalies feel it. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I think he lived on that for a while. But now we're seeing a, a, a complete game, you know, and that th- those first, uh, you know, 15 games he played with Darnell um, got him introduced to, to a number one pairing minutes. Uh, and I think it's carried on. And I, I think, 
you know, I, I don't hear people saying, well, we sure miss Ethan Bear. Uh, I don't hear people uh, saying we miss Adam Larson. Uh, I think that uh, I think uh, Bouchard has has really picked up the slack and been he's he's so good. Uh, you forget how young he is. Uh, you forget how inexperienced at the pro level he is. Uh, and I think he's just done a marvelous job. Uh, v has texted the show to say, Bob, CC is because uh, I brought up CC and I said it, the drop off from him and Larson hasn't been as precipitous as some thought. And V says, V, v says, CC is better than Larson. I'll say it. He's not as tough, but he's a way better skater and better at the puck. CC has been the unsung hero in the back end so far. I'd agree that he's been the unsung hero. And I got to tell you, John, frankly, for me, and there were some nervous fans in the preseason, the first couple games i think he's been edmonton's steadiest defenseman like you know bouchard's had some great offensive moments he has turned the puck over under pressure everybody does sure. but it happens uh and barry and and uh bouchard have flopped between first and third pairings but cc's been per- like that, there's a guy that just goes and he's reasonably priced he's not physical like edmondson is in montreal we'll get to montreal in a second well, he's but, not that big, so. But he's, but he, he's a, he's smart, and he reads the play well. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. He needed, he needed, uh, like, uh, like when Cody, when he came out of junior and ended up going to the Senators, lots of pressure playing in the in the same town where he played junior. When he went to Toronto, lots of pressure in Toronto. He he went to Pittsburgh and learned the craft. You know, and I got to give the the coaching staff in in Pittsburgh a ton of credit. I I think because I I think when even when CC signed in Edmonton, people were going, "Oh no, not Cody CC." Uh, I mean, I, I, people in Ottawa and, and Toronto laughed at it uh, because they remember the CC they had for their teams. But Cody CC ch- turned a page in in Pittsburgh and and became a much more conservative player. Still using his offensive skills. Does he make mistakes every once in a while? Sure, he does. But I'll tell you what, he has he has been he's been impressive, and and I financially has been a great buy for uh, for the Oilers and done a very good job. I mean, when you look at the amount of money they're spending on, on the blue line, he might be. He might be dollar for dollar the the best the best money they spend. All right, so the Oilers had Barry and CC in Toronto, and Edmonton was criticized uh, a lot by the and we'll refer to them as the Eastern media. We'll pay homage to Ralph Klein there for a second. He used a different term to describe Easterners, if I recall. Uh, I, I go back to Larry Murphy, like Larry Murphy played, and, and a lot of people compare Bouchard to Larry Murphy, who by the way played sixteen hundred games in the NHL and had twelve hundred points and played five seasons for Detroit after the Leafs fans in Toronto thought he was washed up and finished. Like, John, i got to ask you this. And is in the Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, Bob. Yes, in the Hockey Hall of Fame. What is it with Toronto? Like, because they know so much about winning there, right? Like, Because the last time they won a playoff series, Evan or Austin Matthews was six. The last time they won a Stanley Cup, oh, wait, uh, I was one. Uh, the majority of the media in Toronto never saw the league. Like, it's like, well, they can't play here. They're no good anyway. Players bounce back all. Isn't there a lesson in that? Like, don't. Wouldn't they look no, at the Larry the, Murphy situation? The, 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 yeah, yeah. It, it, no question. Um, and, and the one thing I would, I would say in every city, you know, every player on the Oilers is either 20% better or 20% worse than he truly is. Uh, uh, from a fan's perspective, either he's really good, 
He's not that good. Or he's really bad. He's not that bad. Well, in Toronto, I think it's 30 to 35%. Bingo. I think the exaggeration of how good a player is in Toronto might be... I would, I might put Vancouver close, but I, I, I would put, I would put Toronto at the top of the list. They're not a critical fan base; they really aren't. But what they do is they, they bail on you quickly. If they don't like what they see, they bail on you quickly. They bailed on Tyson Berry after wanting Tyson Berry badly. You know, uh, they, they they did the same thing. Cody CC coming here was a little a little different, um, but at the same time, this is a this is a tough market. I mean, look what look what happened this season already. They bailed on Nick Ritchie. Now all of a sudden they put Nick, Nick Ritchie in the right spot with Camp and Kasha. Uh, and he's playing pretty well as the third or fourth line, depending on what they. They got a good team. So, They're fourteen and two in their last sixteen games. They got a good hockey club there. Well, they they have the same thing going for them. I think that the Oilers have going for them now, and that's they they finally are are deep. Yeah, they're not. There is in Edmonton. There was a reliance on two, maybe three guys. In Toronto, it might have been five. And now, you know, the the the, the bottom six are contributing. As it, as the case is in Edmonton, and there is more than two defensemen to, to rely on. Um, so from from that perspective, I, there there are some some similar there are mirror images between Toronto and Edmonton when it comes to how the teams have been uh, constructed and how the teams are playing. Yeah. All right. Let's switch focus here. Uh, Jeff Molson. I didn't. I, now I'll be honest. I didn't see the press conference today. I was I'm running around doing some things this morning over at the building. Um, this team was in the Stanley Cup last year. Uh, fool's gold, Bob. Fool's okay. gold. Okay. Because I mean, the Canadian division. You know, this was this was, and and you can talk to all four of the teams in the Canadian division. Actually, the three other Canadian division teams that lost to uh, lost out: Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Toronto, uh, and say we missed our chance. We had our chance. This was our this was our our the path of least resistance to the Stanley Cup final, and the Canadians took advantage of it with Shea Weber and Carey Price, and that big four defense that were really that really played well and got some great uh, great uh, ener- energizing play out of young guys like Suzuki and Caulfield. So uh, they they peaked at the right place at the right time for for nine weeks. That's what they did. Uh, but now, you know what? It's funny. I was listening today and talking today. Lots of pressure on Jeff Petrie because he's not a complete player anymore. Well, you know, people in Edmonton could understand that. But Jeff's been elevated to be the number one defenseman in, in uh, Montreal this year, not the number three or four guy. And so it's a l- little different uh, situation. No Weber, no Price. Um, those are massive you know, losses. Lots, lots those, of are young massive, guys. those are massive, massive losses. Massive losses. Yep. 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 Are, are you? Yep. Are you? So we're going to see what's happened. We're going to see what happened. Jeff Gordon's coming in as as basically the president of hockey operations. They don't like to give titles out like that in Montreal, but he's coming in as the hockey boss, and he's going to hire a general manager, and the general manager is going to be bilingual, and so that general manager will be the uh, uh, the mouthpiece for the organization in both languages, and we'll see what happens. By the way, you know everybody talks about the Canadian division right now. If you look based on winning percentage. The three of the top seven teams in the NHL are Edmonton at 750, the Maple Leafs at 717, and the Flames at 690. And the Flames are yeah. going to be a tough out because they can they can defend. Well, and, and, and uh, actually, let me guess. I haven't looked at the standings today. I would think the fourth team might be Washington. 
Washington, boy, they have they become a good team. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh no, they're they're a big heavy. They're they're right there with Edmonton oh. with a 750 winning percentage. So Carolina's they at 775. So Washington and Edmonton tied for second at 750. Yeah, but Washington beat Carolina decisively, in my opinion, yesterday. Yeah. By the way, Winnipeg's had a tough week. Like they they played great in those two games. Uh, Paul Maurice said it was the best two games his teams played all season, and then since then I, I they got the win against Calgary the other night. But they had uh, dropped uh, I think three or four consecutive games before that. They've dropped a 54. Yeah. Four. So, yeah. all right. So, uh, Montreal. I mean, I just found it a like, like suddenly Mellenby's not in the option. The next day, Bergevin's fired. They fired Trevor Timmons. Okay, they had. I just want to say this in ter- from a a traveling media member's perspective. Uh, Dom, uh, how do you pronounce the name? Salant? Uh, Salant, the, the former PR guy for the Canadians? Don, Sayant, yeah, Sayant. yeah. I know, Dom. It, yeah, 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 I thought he, he was he, maybe he was the, dismissed. He was, he was dismissed. I thought he might have been one of the top three guys in the league. He's with Hockey Canada. I thought he was excellent whenever we went in. And he'd worked for the Canadians for years. So he got mm-hmm. let go about, what, what, about a year and a half ago or whatever. And, yep. and so they also got rid of their PR guy, their new guy. Didn't that strike you as, like, that's, I was a little caught off guard by that. And it just kind of made me wonder, like, what's, you you know, you got your ears plugged to the ground on this sort of stuff. What's what's going on there, John? Well, uh, I think, uh, you know, within Jeff Molson's world, uh, because Jeff Molson's world is bigger than, Canadians Hockey Club. Um, there was there was a lot of distrust within the w- with the organization, uh, and I think that there was a real feeling that they needed to make a, a paradigm shift. Um, and and this is I I think this came, I think in the last two weeks Jeff decided that. Okay. And therefore you know in the last, uh, you know nine or ten days he started to talk to, to Jeff Gorton about coming in. Um, and and but he had to do it in such a manner that there was still a position for a a francophone senior hockey operations person, i.e. the general manager, uh, to be front and center. So that's why Gorton got the executive vice president of hockey operations job as opposed to GM. And they, you know what, there was. If you didn't like in the end what Bergevin was doing, then you didn't like what Scott Mellenby was doing. Because they were joined at the hip, as you well know. Trevor Timmons was, you know, a, a scouting guru for this organization for I think 20 years, close to 20 years. Again, a guy that it had had tied his wagon to Mark Bergevin. Yep. Um, and at a certain point, I, I think, and I think you could see it as the season wore on, even though it's we're only two months in is that you could see it wear on Bergevin from the point of view of accessibility. Um, and, 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 and make no mistake about it, the first mistake they made this calendar year, this hockey calendar year, was the, the, the draft. Yes. Now, when they took Logan Mayu, they made a terrible mistake. They didn't understand it. They did not understand the ramifications of that draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it went downhill from there. It, you know, the Weber uh, opting out for the year because of injury, Carey Price going into the uh, into the program. It just spiraled. Uh, it, 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 is, it just spiraled. I don't even control. like the Suzuki. And, then, and on top of that, on top of that, they go and give Nick Suzuki a lot of money for yep. seven or eight years. I mean, it. it That's was, the Clayton Keller deal, issue. man. I'm sorry. That's too much money for that guy at that point. And it's the Clayton Keller thing, and Keller had the one really good year in Arizona. He hasn't come close to matching it since, and so it's tricky stuff. All right, tonight, uh, one final one for you. John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. It's 1253 in Edmonton. Tonight, Vancouver plays Montreal. Okay, second of a back. Yeah, I know. And, you, I mean, 
people out in Vancouver got to be going, all right, so boom, the Canadians blow, you know. I mean, they fired the the PR guy after they just fired the PR guy and they fired the GM. They Melanie quits. They fired the head director of scouting. When's the shoe going to drop? It? And I'll be the first, John, I thought Vancouver was going to compete for the 3-4 spot in the Pacific Division. I knew Calgary was going to be way better. No way Markstrom was going to go 9-0-4 again, not with Sutter as coach. But I thought Vancouver was going to be in the mix, too. I can't believe they're in the position they're in. But now I'm at the stage, well, they're in the position they're in. Something's got to give. Is something going to give there? Uh, I think, we. I, you know, they play Montreal tonight and then play Ottawa. Uh, to me, these two games are the litmus test. These two games are the litmus test. This, this was a tough road trip. It was a five-game road trip, including in Pittsburgh and in, and in Boston. Um, you know, so, and I, I, heck, I thought they, you know, they, they seem to play well for 56 minutes and then have a couple of brain cramps. Uh, that seems to be the story of, of this season uh, for the Canucks. If you look at the offseason, Bob, and after they signed Pedersen and Hughes to their extensions, you would have said that Jim Benning had a great summer. He had a great summer. You know, there was turnover on the roster. Uh, they got rid of some contracts. Oliver ekman Larson was coming to a hockey market. Uh, there was lots of positive things. Travis Green got signed to an extension. There were so many positives. To me, this is on the players. It's not as much on Jim Benning. It's not as much on Travis Green. This is on the players. You know, where's Bo Horvat? How is he playing? J.T. Miller can talk a lot. How is he playing? Pedersen has not played well since he signed. Hughes is not happy. I mean, there's a there, there's six or seven guys in this team that are underachieving completely. Uh, and 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 you fire that you, you fire two guys um, that that are off the ice that aren't going to help you score goals or aren't going to help you uh, keep the puck out of your net. To me, it doesn't make much sense. Uh, it really doesn't uh, at this point. John, much appreciated. Uh, I'll give Pedersen a little bit of a break. He's coming off a wrist surgery. That is always, you know. I'm always concerned, and the orders have Holloway. Mm-hmm. Where is a guy going to be at with that, you know, with that feel and that touch in his game, especially in the case of Patterson? I mean, he's yeah, that's a skill, fair. Skill but so, so, so now, are you, with him being injured, are you are you giving everybody a little bit of a blank check? Then I mean, fair comment. Fair comment question. by you. Good stuff. Let's do this okay. on Wednesday, okay? Whatever you want. <laughs> All right, that's John Shannon, our NHL <laughs> insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. 12.55, I'm going to bang off a couple texts and talk to you about an upcoming trip on Oilers Now when we return. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12.57 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Oilers fans, if you're looking for a great road trip, you can join New West Travel. It's a four-night roadie to Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Nash, Vegas. You'll get a chance to see the Oilers and the Predators. This package includes an exclusive non-stop flight each way with Flair Airlines. Four nights in a deluxe hotel, a great game ticket. We'll have welcome receptions when we're there with special guests all for $1,750. Join the Nashville road trip called New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. I know I'm going to see some of the orders now, roadies, coming up uh, Friday in Seattle. It's going to be a kicker, no question about that. Red has texted the show. No, not the Red out of Green Bay, who many of you have probably met over the years. Um, 
Red Batty, who used to work in the Canadian Football League and has worked with the Green Bay Packers. He's a hockey fan. Not only, says Red, are the Oilers for real, they haven't even played that well yet, and add two or three depth guys, and this team is formidable. Well, Edmonton's also played without Devin Shore, and I know Devin Shore isn't everybody's cup of tea, but he's uh, a bottom six guy in this hockey team, and uh, a consistent bottom sixer at that, that the Oilers have unequivocally uh, missed a little bit. So, um, Oilers just tweeting out right now an injury update. Duncan Keith, Darnell Nurse, Devin Shore, Mike Smith, and uh, Dylan Holloway all skated before the main group today. Adds that Nurse and Keith are the closest to returning, while Smith uh, continues to make progress, including facing pucks today. It's a tweet that came out from the Oilers about a minute ago. Off to a global news weather traffic update, and we're going to divert away from the hockey talk and talk a bit about the Edmonton Elks organization with a guy who's worked for both the, uh, well, he's worked for the Eskimos, then the Oilers, and now the Elks. He is their interim COO, Alan Watt, coming up after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.